Someone asked. Now, Elim asked, who wrote the book of which one? Ezra, all right? Who wrote the book of Ezra? Is she normally so soft at home or she's very loud? Very soft-spoken, okay. All right, a gentle lady, Ezra. All right, who wrote the book of Ezra? Who wrote the book of Ezra? What do you think? Is Ezra in the Bible? Yes. What's the book before Ezra? Oh, Caleb. Hey, Caleb. What's the book before Ezra? We memorized the books. Anyone remember? Cornelius. Wow, forgot right? another quiz coming up. Okay, I'm not going to tell you, so you go find out and we have a quiz. Next teens Q&A, we will write the books of the Bible again. Everyone forgot already. You were really good at it. Do you remember Shama? No? Okay, time for a quiz. Okay? What's the book before Ezra? You, you check. What is it? Ah, no one knows. Okay. No answer. Next, next time, we do a quiz, alright? Write the books of the Bible. Adults the same. Now, Ezra. So, who wrote the book of Ezra? Now, is. <laughs> oh, you went it through your head. Alright. No, he's not a liar. He, yeah, so it's, I always remember C E N E, right? So, it's Chronicles, Ezra, Nehemiah, Esther. Oh, very good. Now, how come forgot already? Now, um, it is one case where it's not very clear. Alright, it's not very clear. So something is Ezra, something it is not. Now, may I ask, um, Elim, why do you ask who wrote the book? What made you ask that? Not just wanted to ask. Now, there are certain books in the Bible is very clear. God reveals who wrote those books. Alright? Moses wrote which books? Who can tell me? Uh, yes, Elim. Genesis, Exodus, Numbers, Leviticus, Numbers, Deuteronomy. Right? Very good. The Pentateuch. Five books, alright? It's written by Moses. Those are very clear. God says that Moses was the author also. Or rather, Moses wrote it. Now, in some books are not clear. And then in some, where it is clear, but some Christians say it is not. It cannot be. It cannot be. Alright, so we have three situations. It's good that you ask and you got to understand this. Now, this blue doesn't come off. Now, one is, the Bible tells us, Bible is very clear. Bible is clear. Who is the author? Okay? Um... So, for example, like we are studying Ephesians, right? Who wrote Ephesians? Ephesians. Brenda, who wrote Ephesians? Paul, right? Those are very clear. So, uh, some are um, not clear. God doesn't reveal. God didn't bother to tell us. There are those that are like that. Now, then there are, in, in Christendom, in Christianity, some are, the Bible tells us it's it's clear, the Bible tells us. But some Christians refuse to believe it. They say, no, it cannot be. So there are these situations. Okay? Now, um, 
as Christians, if God makes it clear that it is some, a particular prophet wrote the book, and someone else say no, who should you believe? Ilim. Believe the Bible or believe what people tell you? Believe the Bible. Now, some books of prophecy, some of you study in FEBC, some books of prophecy, they are so accurate. Right? The prophecy are so accurate, so precise. Anyone can tell me which books? FEBC students? Joshua. Daniel is one example. What else? Ezekiel. Ezekiel. Now, some of these books, the prophecies are so accurate. But, so they write about the future. They write about the future and things come through exactly on the dot. Huh? So some Christians say, eh, cannot be. Now, Christians who actually doubt God's word, they say, no, cannot be. This is too accurate. The only way it's possible is, it was not written by these authors. They are written by someone who lived after them. After these events have happened, then they wrote the history of the event. Do you understand? So they say, no, 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 no. So for example, um, God used Shama to write something. Then it happened exactly thousands of years later. Then th later on people say, no, Shama can't be so accurate. Shalomia lived much later. Shalomia knew what happened already, then Shalomia wrote it. Alright? But God says Shama wrote it. But no such thing, I don't write the Bible anymore. Alright? So that is what happened. So they don't believe. So we must know that sadly in Christendom there are some because the Bible simply because it's so accurate, they say cannot be written by someone so long ago. Very sad, right? So there are three situations. Alright? So Elim, you understand? Sometimes the Bible is clear, sometimes it's not. Ezra doesn't seem to be clear. Is it important that God tell us who's the author? Shalomia. Why? If God wants to. If God doesn't, who's the author then? Very good. Very fast answer. Who's the author? God. Is God the author? Is God the... Okay, Elim. Is God... Or Maggie. Is God the author? You know author? Author, alright. Is God the author of the Bible or is... Moses, Paul, the author of the Bible. Which one? Don't know. Alright. God is the author. What do you want to say? God is the author. Very good. God is the one who used men to write it. God used Moses, God used Paul, and so on. But who's the ultimate author? God himself. God put the thoughts in those men. They wrote. Some God say, you write this. Then they wrote. Sometimes verbal. Okay, so God is the actual author. That is why, is there contradiction in the Bible? No. Why, okay, Cornelius, why is there no, contra why, why there's no contradiction in the Bible? The Bible is always correct. Why? God is perfect and there's only one author, right? Okay, so always remember that. Now, I need to establish this in everyone, huh? the adults and the young people and the, teen and the, and the young ones. When you read the Bible, when you read the Bible, okay, when you read the Bible, one part of the Bible says, says, says one thing, say, says, says A. Or one part of the Bible says um, 50 men. Okay, one part of the Bible says 50 men. Then for the same thing, another part of the Bible says 
um, 70 men. Is there an error in the Bible? Cornelius, a killer. Why? But the numbers are different. Why, why would it be still correct? Because? Okay, you want to try, Samuel. You forgot what you want to say. Shama. The two numbers are different, but it's both are in the Bible. So, for the same thing, is there an error? <gasps> okay. Okay. <laughs> the answer is no, but why? Why, do you, why are you so sure it's no? Because some Christians say, yeah, you see, Bible has error. Because what? Not sure. Jesslyn, what do you think? Is it because the numbers are not very important? So we should not argue that here say 50, here 70. Don't argue about it because numbers are not important. Are numbers not important? Numbers are very important because everything is God's word. So because God is perfect, God is God, so everything he tells us is very crucial. In fact, um, there are th some, some people who think that when it comes to the Bible, when it's about our salvation, it's always accurate. When it comes to, um, yeah, our salvation is accurate. When it comes to geography, when it comes to numbers, when it comes to names of people, they say it's not important if they are not the same. What is the most important thing is when it comes to our salvation, it's always correct. Now, what is the danger of that? What's the problem with that? Shama, what's the problem? When someone says, as long as it has to do with our salvation, it's, accurate, it's always accurate. But when it comes to geography, name of places, name of people, numbers, age, not important if, if there's an error. What's the danger of that? Okay, she said I'm speaking too fast. What is the danger? What is the problem? Because some believe that in the Bible, anything that tells us about our salvation, it is always accurate. But things regarding geography, think places, name of places, numbers, here say 5, here say 10, names of people. They say this, if they are wrong, they are different, it's okay because it doesn't affect our salvation. Salvation details always correct. What's the danger of that? Very good. Then it means that those people, they are saying the Bible is not perfect. The Bible is not perfect. Thank you very much. So I'll speak slower. They will say the Bible is not perfect. Is the Bible perfect? The Bible is always perfect because God is, shall, God is perfect. God is the author of the Bible. God does not make any mistakes. Okay? Do you make mistakes in your homework? 
Whoa, Cornelius say no. Whoa, Caleb also say no. I don't know, I have to ask your parents. I have to ask your parents about that. Now, we humans make mistakes, but God will never. So, remember, the Bible is like Shama said, the Bible is perfect. But if the Bible is perfect, how come there are differences? Then is the Bible wrong or is it men do not understand? Shalomia. Men do not understand. Men misinterpret. Okay, I'll give you an example of, of age. Huh? Um, I won't ask Esther, I'll ask um, Claude. Claude, how old are you? If, if, if you are in Taiwan or China, an elderly lady asks you, Claude, how old are you? 41. 41. Okay, then you come to Australia. All right? Um, a local Australian with blonde, blonde, blonde hair. All right? Elderly man asks you, Claude, how old are you? 40. Oh, Claude is lying. Claude keeps making mistakes. Now, do you know why Claude speaks like that? Because for the Chinese, for the Chinese, to the Chinese, when they record age, they record from when? From when you are in your mommy's stomach. Understand that? So, to a Chinese, Claude will say 41. To an Australian, to an American, Claude will say 40. Understand? So, those people will say, ah, there's error, the numbers are wrong, the age are wrong. Then, even Christians say that, but after many years, they dig, dig, dig history and say, oh no, actually, it's correct. It's correct. The Bible is always correct. So what I want to train you young people, listen, uh, uh, Veronica, Jennifer, everyone. When you read the Bible, what should be on your mind? God's word is always correct. If there's something that I don't understand or looks like is not correct, who is the problem? Very good. <laughs> Samuel, right? I'm the problem. I have not understood it yet. Okay? So this must be in your heart and mind from very young. Alright? So you hear people say, oh, the numbers are wrong. It's okay because, is it okay? Shama said correctly, it's not okay. Because then we say that the Bible is not perfect. Okay? Now, how do you know that these numbers are, are wrong and salvation is correct? If the Bible has error, maybe salvation has also error. Right? Maybe it's, it's not whosoever believe in the Lord Jesus Christ. Maybe the error is whosoever believe not in the Lord Jesus Christ will be saved. Just one word, right? Men are so concerned about their own salvation. Okay, listen carefully for the adults. Why this is important? Why the BP movement even split over whether the Bible is perfect and without error? The, the answer is this. Maybe I ask the adults. Why do you think it's such a big deal? Salvation is correct. Doctrines of salvation are intact. The rest, why you want to fight over these things? They're just minor things, numbers. Now, so I ask the adults, I ask uh, Colin, what is the issue when we say minor? It's okay. Um, and salvation is all right. It's all perfect. Uh, veracity of God's word is under attack. Okay, veracity of God's word is under attack. All right, for the young ones, veracity is what? Means the... Um, sureness, the accuracy, the integrity, eh? the accuracy of God's word is under attack. But my salvation is sound, is safe, don't worry. What's the problem with that? What's the problem with the statement? All the doctrines about salvation is intact. Don't fight over all these numbers and names and places. 
What is the problem with that? Uh, Howard, uh, okay, you don't continue. Huh? You compromise every doctrine, maybe this one is wrong. But really, what is the problem? Huh? What's that? Say again? God's glory is at stake. People are so concerned, as long as I'm going to heaven, who cares if, if people say these numbers are wrong? Uh, God, you make mistakes, I don't really care. I'm going to heaven, that's all I care. Right? It's a very man-centered, selfish concept. For Bible college professors, head of Bible department, to say things like, all the doctrines about salvation is intact, the rest, their errors, don't fight about it in Christianity, please. We are fighting because God says it's perfect, it is perfect. I'm more concerned about God's glory than your salvation, my salvation. Understand that? Okay, so that is the whole problem with this. Um, to think that just as long as I'm safe, people say whatever about God, it does not matter. It matters, okay? So now that's one. So when you read the Bible, always believe the Bible first. Okay? If the Bible doesn't tell us, the Bible doesn't tell us. Okay? Elim, answer your question. Now the next one. The next question is this. Um, from... Okay, the next question is about purgatory. Alright? So the, so the person asks, now what is purgatory and how did the Roman Catholics come out with the concept of purgatory? Okay, so that's a fair question. Um, I, I may not cover it on the Friday session, so I'll answer it here. What is... Okay, ask someone. Ask someone that has... Shalomia. What is purgatory? Okay, so Shalomia say it is where the Catholics believe that you go to a place to pay off your sins before you go to heaven. Okay, um, now first I have to explain the word Catholic. The word Catholic means, means what? Anyone, any adult can tell me? Howard? Catholic means universal. Alright, universal. Universal. So when we say the Catholic Church, we mean the universal church. It can be the true church, all right? The universal true church. Now, but then it is, there is Roman Catholic. Roman Catholic. Roman Catholic is not the Catholic Church. Okay, Shalomia, remember? Are you referring to the universal church are you, or are you referring to the Roman Catholic Church? Which one? The Roman Catholic, all right? So we, now... It is the word Roman is added to the universal church because it's run from Rome. Rome had the Pope. Okay, so I'll explain more on Friday. But um, yes, so she's correct. Now I took this from I I took this from the Catholic um, the Catechism of the Catholic Church CCC. Yeah, Catholic Catechism of the Catholic Church. Um, item 1030, right? So it's still there. It is uh, official doctrine of the church. Now, I want to say I was a Roman Catholic before, so uh, all these are very f familiar with what I was brought up in. So the Catechism of the Catholic Church defines purgatory as purification so as to achieve holiness necessary to enter the joy of heaven. I read again. 
Okay, listen carefully, young ones. What is purgatory? Purgatory is, according to Roman Catholic, purification. What is purification? Remove sin. Alright? Removing sin so, so as to achieve holiness necessary to enter into heaven. Okay? In other words, I draw. I know, I know children need drawing, right? Why are you smiling, Samuel? You like drawing. Alright. So, the concept is this. Purgatory means... Um, when a person dies, alright, this is this is heaven, alright, um, this is hell, this is hell, fire, alright, hell. Now, um, somewhere in between, somewhere in between, okay, it's a place for purgatory, somewhere in between. So the Roman Catholics believe that when a person dies, when a person dies, when a Roman Catholic die, for example, the person won't go to heaven straight away. He will go to a place called purgatory. He go there, so God will use um, um, God will use fire, for example, or to to clean away their sin. So they must suffer here for a while, suffer here for a while before they go to heaven. Okay, so understand or not, Phoebe? Okay, this is what they teach and believe. Now. How did it come about? The person asked. Over time, I put it the other way. During even during the time of Apostle Paul, during the time of um, the early twelve apostles, when the church just started in the first century, were there errors in the church? Yes. You read the epistles of Paul. He always make sure he exposed all the false teachings. So false teaching, Satan always tried to bring in false teaching to the church. Hmm? Now, but at a certain time, um, so this one, one of the concepts is people die, they, go, they don't go to heaven straight away, they go to a temporary place, suffer for a while, then they can go to heaven. Many of the pagan religions have that concept. And somehow it crept into the church. Okay, it crept into the church. Now, and then, especially they teach it from, from a book called the what book? The Apocrypha. Remember? Apocrypha. Apocrypha. This is a book that is additional to the canon of the Bible. So we have the Bible and they have the Apocrypha. Now in the Apocrypha there is a book called the I think it's spelled Maccabees. It's McDonald's and Bees. Maccabees, right? The Maccabees. In the Maccabees, there is a section that talks about um, people that will die and they will go to a place that is purgatory, get burnt for a while, suffer for a while, and then go to heaven. All right? So this teaching is based upon prayer for the dead. Already mentioned in sacred scripture, therefore, Judas Maccabees, Maccabeus made atonement for the dead. And, they, and that they might be delivered from their sin. So the Roman Catholic Church, they, they heard of this thing. This man, Maccabeus, the record is Maccabeus prays for people, his relatives, his friends who are dead. He prays for them in order that they can go to heaven. So this man, is recorded that he did that. And it's written in the book of Maccabees in the Apocrypha. Then from there onwards, the church began to include that in their official teaching. 
Alright, so the person who asks how it originated. Alright, so it's already part of the practice and thinking. Maccabeus did that. It's written in Maccabeus that people will go to a place, suffer for a while, then go to heaven. Then it became, because they were, it became part of the Roman Catholic Church teaching. Adults understand? Okay, because adults don't understand, I don't know what children can understand. I'll ask you all the story back. Huh? Now, based on that, now, do you understand why we don't use the, the Apocrypha? Why don't we use the Apocrypha? Because the, the stories and records in the Apocrypha, they often contradict what is in the Bible. Understand that? But the Roman Catholics, they include the Apocrypha because it, 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 the things written in there helps them to continue teaching what they want to teach. Understand? Now, the belief is this. So this is what's purgatory. Now, the belief is that when you go to church, go to the Roman Catholic Church, alright? Hey, young ones, listen carefully. So the belief is if you go to the Roman Catholic priest and you, you pay them, you pay the Roman Catholic Church, it's called the Mass. The Mass. Okay? The Roman Catholic Church has a service called the Mass. If you pay the church money, they can pray. They can pray for, the, for your dead relatives and your dead relatives can go to heaven faster. Why, why Elim's eyes grow so big? Doesn't sound like from the Bible, right? Doesn't sound right. How can you use money to pray and people can go to heaven faster? Do you think God is like that? Cannot be. It's not biblical. We don't read that in the Bible at all. Now, men's teachings start to overtake all these things in church. There's a very famous church, Roman Catholic church priest. He began to teach this. Now, they wanted to build St. Peter's Basilica. You know St. Peter's Basilica is a very big, very beautiful um, building in Rome. St. Peter's Basilica, have you been there? No. St. Peter's Basilica. They want to build that, but they don't have enough money. The Roman Catholic Church. So this priest called Tetzel, he came up with the idea. Now, if I can make people buy indulgences, uh, buy, buy, things from, buy tickets from the church, where the church will pray for it, if you buy these indulgences from the church, then your relatives can go to heaven faster. So he came up with a very famous word, very famous phrase, something like, when the coin in the coffer rings, a soul from purgatory springs. Means when they throw money in the offering box, then go when it rings like ring, 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 uh, then a soul from purgatory spring, spring to heaven. So he came out with that. In fact, it was that that made Roman made Martin Luther really wonder. It cannot be from the word of God, right? So purgatory is in the apocrypha. The apocrypha is included in Roman Catholic Church because it helps them to continue this. Now I read you some things in the in. In Apocrypha, oh yeah, I think I didn't print it out. Ah, I think I didn't print it out. Now, the Ap Apocrypha say things like that, huh? The Apocrypha, it say things like that. You, you say whether it's biblical. Things like, if you, if, if you give birth and you have a daughter, it is an unfortunate thing. <laughs> things like that. Daughter's no good. Huh? Daughter's no good. Um, and then in the Apocrypha, you also have stories 
that's, that, that tell, you all know this, those who took FEBC course, who wants to tell the story? Jesus, when he was young, in the Apocryphal stories, like Jesus, when he was young, alright, so young people, listen, Jesus, when he's, this is what the Apocrypha teach, not the Bible, the Apocrypha says, Jesus, when he was young, he played with other children, like you all now, played with other children, and then the children, other children don't want to play with him, and they bullied him, and then, because he is God, right, he cursed all of them, and then the children died. <laughs> these are story. These are what apocrypha has. That's why it's very clear we do not include the apocrypha. Now, in the apocrypha, um, you have very, very, very uh, strange stories, and but because it supports the teaching, they include it. They include it. Okay, so that's why I leave it. This is where it came from. Now, now the question is this. They also teach from scriptures. They say, no, 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 the Bible has purgatory. The Bible has purgatory. Okay, how, how do we know? Um, they say the Bible also talks about burning. Now, can you turn to, um, turn to 1 Corinthians chapter 3? So they say, you see, the Bible has burning. 1 Corinthians chapter 3. Uh, Jennifer. I will ask you one day if your friend asks you how to explain, alright? 1 Corinthians chapter 3. Now, can we read? Now, this morning I spoke a bit about this. Huh? So, this is a picture of when you and I die huh, as believers. God showed to us the future. What will happen? What will happen to the believer when we die? Now, can we read together 1 Corinthians chapter 3, uh, verse 12? Verse 12. To verse 15. Read together. Now, if any man build upon this foundation, gold, silver, precious stones, wood, hay, stubble, every man's work shall be made manifest, for the day shall declare it, because it shall be revealed by fire, and the fire shall try every man's work. Of what sort it is? If any man's work abide which he hath built thereupon, he shall receive a reward. If any man's work shall be burned, he shall suffer loss, but he himself shall be saved, yet so as by fire. Ah, you see? You see, God used fire. God used fire to test. So they must burn a while. Must burn a while. So they say, see, the Bible teaches purgatory. After we die, we must go through this burning before we go to heaven. Right? Right or not? Not right. Why not right? Esther said not right. Very good. It's about the service. Now, look at your Bible carefully. What is the thing that God burned? The God burned what? God burned the work the men do, right? Okay. Can you understand, Shama? Okay. The children are getting distracted. Except, okay. Now, when you read this verse, is God saying, God said, I, I burn or I test with fire what things? The man or the thing that he does? Shama. Which one is God using fire to test? The man or his works? The man, God burned the man or God burned the works? Figuratively. Which one? Did you read just now the passage? Okay, which one? God used fire to test which one? There is a word there that is repeated. Shalomia, can you help your sister? Say again. 
Right, very good. Now you will notice Shama. Do you notice the word? Every, every verse 13, every man's work. Every man's work, right? Then in verse 14, if any man's work, right? At the end of verse 13, try, the fire will try or test every man's work. The fire tries man's work. The fire did not burn the man. Understand that? Okay, so like um, Sister Esther says, it's the work. Now, but what about this thing? Verse 15. But he himself shall be saved, yet so as by fire. Now, one thing is for sure, God does not roast the man. God does not, does not burn the man. God tests the works, correct? It's repeatedly said. But what is this part about he shall also be saved as by fire? What does it mean? Now, you turn to Zechariah chapter 3. Alright? Zechariah chapter 3, um, verse, verse 2. Okay, Zechariah 3, verse 2. Zechariah is the second last book of the Old Testament. I shouldn't have told you that. Zechariah chapter 3, verse 2. Okay, let's um, read together. Here God describes, chapter 3, verse 2, reading together. And the Lord said unto Satan, The Lord rebuke thee, O Satan. Even the Lord that hath chosen Jerusalem rebuke thee. Is not this a brand plucked out of the fire? Is this not a brand plucked out of the fire? Now God say, I will save Jerusalem. You want, to destroy Jeru- you want to destroy Jerusalem, but he said you cannot. This fire, God said, I will reach in and I will save. Save it. It will, spare, it will be spared from burning. Understand? So now you turn, in the New Testament, God says the same thing. Jude chapter 1. Jude chapter 1. Jude chapter 1 verse 23. Jude is the book before Revelations. Again, before the last book of the Bible, now Jude chapter 1, verse 23. Can we read together? Now, God says, And others, safe with fear, pulling them out of the fire, hitting even the garments spotted by the flesh. Here God again says, Now, help other Christians. Plug them out, like as if their life is in danger, they are in a burning building or burning house. Because rescue them. Rescue them. So God is saying, God is not saying I use fire to test people. To, to burn off their sin. God is saying we are in danger. You fall into sin, you keep falling into sin. God says you are in danger. Like a man in a, fire, in a house on fire. Alright? And then God says rescue them. And they come out, when they are rescued out, you rescue a man from, from the fire, what happens? His clothes are all burnt, right? Right? So if you live a Christian life that is that have nothing to show for God, we are live worldly, God says, ah, just barely saved. You're saved, you will be saved. But just barely, it's like nothing, not glorious. You meet God, God has to say, I are you, what a life you have lived. God is not saying I burn off your sin. Right? Now. I want you to read some verses which clearly says about our salvation. I, um, 
how did God say He saved you? Is it through burning you for a while more? Turn to... Um, turn to... Let me see which is a good verse. Turn to Ephesians chapter 2. Ephesians chapter 2. Hmm. Ephesians chapter 2. Now verse 8 to 10. Shall we read Ephesians 2, 8 to 10 together? For... By grace are ye saved through faith, and that not of yourselves. It is the gift of God, not of works, lest any man should boast. For we are his workmanship, created in Christ Jesus unto good works, which God hath ordained before that we should walk in them. Now, how does God say he saved you? By grace. By grace means God graciously forgive you when you ask him to forgive you. By grace. And here is emphasized, not of yourselves. Not of yourselves, less, uh, not of works, lest any man should boast. So God says, I save you, simply I save you. I don't expect that you must pay anything for yourself. I must do anything for yourself. Right? God simply saves you. Um, if you want, you can also turn to... Um, okay, John chapter 19, please. John chapter 19. John chapter 19. Verse 30, John 19, 30, can we read together? When Jesus therefore had received the vinegar, he said, It is finished. He bowed his head and gave up the ghost. When Jesus died on the cross, John um, 19, 30, when Jesus died on the cross, um, Caleb, Jesus said, It is finished. What did Jesus mean? Okay, let Caleb try first. His work is finished. Okay, his work is finished. Alright, Samuel. You're going to say the same thing. Now, now ask the next question. What work? What work? Yes? You forgot. Work of salvation. When Christ died on the cross, he said, it is finished. His work of salvation is complete. Means when you believe in him, you're saved, you will be saved. You don't need to pay anything for yourself. If it's not finished, means you have to pay something for yourself, right? If you go there, means you have to pay something. So it's not finished. Uh, I left a little bit for you to go to purgatory to finish it. No, it is finished. When Christ says it is finished, Christ is not saying, oh, it's over, I have no more hope. He's saying the salvation work is finished. Alright? Okay, so Samuel, what work is finished? Work of salvation. It's complete. There is no more need for men to pay anything. You can't pay anything. Even you told just one lie in your whole life. The punishment for, for lying is forever in hell. Unless Jesus pays for that sin. Understand? It must be for total, complete finish. So this concept of going there for a while, pay for yourself, it is not finished. Okay? So this is unbiblical theologically. So I hope that um, other thing now when post when when Lazarus when the thief Lazarus alright chose children answer this question you must know this story when Lazarus the poor beggar died and then the rich man died 
Where did the rich man go? See who put that hand first. Where did the rich man go? Okay, Cornelius was first. Went to hell. <laughs> Why must he pull his hand down? Went to hell. Okay, next. Fast, huh? <laughs> Everyone ask the question. Where did Lazarus go? Okay, Samuel. Went to heaven, right? Did Lazarus go to purgatory? Not at all. There's no such thing. You don't read that in the Bible, alright? You see, Paul say, absent in the body, present with the Lord. If I die now, my soul will be absent from my body. And Paul did not say absent in the body, purgatory a while, then in heaven. No, he said absent in the body, present with the Lord. Immediately. Immediately. Okay? So I hope that clarifies whoever asked this question. Now, the last question, and then we have to um, leave the rest for the next time. Hey, please submit your question. Huh? Um, so, for example, okay, let me answer this question. Now, let's turn to John chapter 20, verse 17. So, the person asked this question, John chapter 17. 2017. Okay, John 2017. Now, can we read together John 2017 reading? Jesus said unto her, Touch me not, for I am not yet ascended to my Father, but go to my brethren, and say unto them, I ascend unto my Father, and your Father, and to my God, and your God. Then this is Mary Magdalene. Uh, this is Mary. Now, read Mary. Uh, Mary Magdalene. Now, so the person asked this question. Now, G okay, make sure you understand what's happening. Okay, who want to be Mary Magdalene? Not girls, boys. Who want to be Mary Magdalene? No boys want to be Mary Magdalene. Oh, all right, Magdalene. All right, Magdalene, come. All right, we have a Magdalene. Now, what's happening in this scene? All right, so pretend I'm Jesus, all right? So Jesus resurrected, came back to life. Then Jesus appeared to Magdalene, right? Now, what did Magdalene do? The Bible tells us, or Jesus tell Magdalene. So pretend, Magdalene, now hold, hold on to my coat. Okay, hold on to my coat, right? Magdalene, Magdalene is touching me, huh? Magdalene touch. Then Jesus say, wait, <laughs> now. Say, touch me not. Don't touch me. I, I, I am not gone to my Father in heaven yet. Um, but go and tell the brethren. Okay? Alright? Okay, thank you. So that's the scene. Okay, you can go back and sit. Thank you. Thank you for participating. Now, so the person asks, Where? Uh, where is it? Now, Jesus asked Mary Magdalene not to touch him because he hasn't gone to heaven. But later, now, did anyone touch Jesus? Did anyone, did Jesus offer to someone to touch me? Who? Um, Justin Joash Where's Justin? Can't remember Yes, Samuel huh? Thomas Remember when, when Thomas did not believe That Jesus resurrected Thomas when, uh, Jesus went to Thomas And say what? Put your Cornelius What did Jesus say? Put your Finger Through my and the nail wounds were there. Alright, touch my riven side. So, so the person asked, how come the Lord Jesus let Thomas touch him, but not Mary? But not Mary. 
Uh, is it because there's clean and unclean? Now, some people read this and they say, yeah, woman not clean. Men clean. The apocryphal idea. <laughs> uh, then the next, or, or uh, where? What are the reasons Jesus allowed one to touch him and not the other? Does it mean that Jesus said, I haven't gone to the heaven, you, you cannot touch me? Okay? Because now my body is still very sensitive or what? I don't, cannot touch me because I haven't reached heaven. What does it mean? So who wants to try? Anyone knows? Jennifer, you understand the story? You understand the question? No. Okay. You don't understand the question and you won't pay attention. The person asks, how come Jesus said, Mary Magdalene, don't touch me? But how come when he went to Thomas, he said, touch me? Right? Why? Okay, Cornelius. Hey, Caleb. Okay, is it because Thomas was a believer, was doubtful, so he said, you touch me? Um, no, it is not because of that alone. But the question is, why you say, touch me not? You cannot touch me. Shama. Because she had faith in him. No, your faith can touch Jesus, physically, present. Last one. Because she was a disciple. <laughs> she was a believer and a follower of Christ also. Although she may not be one of the 12 disciples. Yeah, maybe people think, oh, because it's a male, because it must be one of the 12 disciples, woman and not disciple, not 12 apostles cannot touch me. Some people think like that, but it is not. Want to try? Shenrei. Okay, so Shenrei say, because she was clinging to the Lord Jesus, fearing that Jesus would leave her, and then he says, don't worry, I'm not leaving yet. Is it that? How do you know that? Cannot say FEBC course. <laughs> Must be from the Bible. That's why I go, every time I ask your question, you don't look at the Bible, you look at me. Your answer is in the Bible. Verse 17, now let's read together carefully. Touch me not. For I am not yet ascended to my Father. But go to my brethren and say unto them, I ascend unto my Father and your Father and to my God and your God. Now, yeah, it's a bit difficult because the English word is simply touch. Alright? The Greek word will be quite simple for them to understand. It is, it is cling. Cling on to. Don't cling on to me. Like Magdalene Ma um, just now, hold on to my shirt. He said, don't cling on to me. And like Shani rightly said, remember the context before this? The disciples were very sad that the Lord Jesus was going to die and going to go away, right? They were very, very sad. They don't want him to go away. And then now for the disciples, say, oh, the Lord Jesus died on the cross. It's over. He's buried. It's over. Now for, the, for anyone of, of the disciples who saw, hey, Jesus came back. You imagine they will cling on to him and say, don't leave us again. Right, children? Your daddy goes to work. Cling on to the pants, cling on to the, don't go, don't go, right? No. <laughs> okay. So, so this was the decision, don't go. The Lord Jesus says, now he says, don't cling on to me. Instead he says, go, go, go and tell the brethren you saw me. Right? Don't cling on to me, but, you see verse 17, don't cling on to me, but 
go to my brethren. Don't stay here with me and cling on to me, but go to my brethren and tell them you saw, you've seen me. What is this? I am not yet ascended to my father. He said, Magdalene, don't cling on to me. Don't worry. I haven't gone back to heaven yet. I will still come, I'm still around on earth for a period. And I will still meet you. I haven't gone to my father in heaven yet. Okay? So he said, don't cling on to me. It's not because woman unclean, man clean. Okay? Hey, the young ones. Is it because Magdalene is unclean? Then what is it? What's the reason? He thought Jesus was going to go, so he was clinging. He said, "Don't worry, I'm not going to my father's. Have uh, go to my father in heaven yet? You don't have to cling on to me. I will still meet you for now. But for now, go and tell the brethren. Okay? All right. The person asked the question. Clear? All right. So that is not about clean, unclean, and 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 whether special or not special. That's all. Okay? Alright, so I think that's all we have for today. The next time we will ask questions. Um, I can't remember what. Uh, some other Bible questions. Hey, but we are running out of questions. If you don't submit, there's no more teens Q&A. So adults, young people, submit.